Welcome to the Prescription for Living in Houston podcast, where we go over exactly what it's like to work, eat, sleep, and play right here in Houston. Well, welcome. We have uh, Dr. Ashley Steinberg with us here this morning, and uh, we are going to be talking all about Highland Village. So welcome. Uh, Very nice to meet you. Uh, How about you introduce yourself? Well, thank you for the introduction. I am Ashley Steinberg. I'm a plastic surgeon, uh, office located in Bel Air, but I do live in the Highland Village area of Houston, have lived there for about seven years, Um, moved here from Las Vegas and New York prior to that. If you're looking to move anywhere in the Houston area, don't forget, we'd love to help you out. Give us a call or shoot us an email at dan at dhsrealtygroup.com. Las Vegas. How long were you in Las Vegas? I was in Vegas for two years, but my family has been there for 20. Um, But uh, I was there just finishing up my first residency in general surgery, and I came to Houston for my plastic surgery fellowship. Oh, fantastic. And then New York, how long were you there? I was in New York for five years, um, two years of med school and three years of general surgery residency. I was, I'm always curious for people that have been different places. So I, I was in Arizona for a long time. So again, I've been to Vegas quite a few times, just that climate. Um, I never spent much time up in New York, but a little time kind of in the East. Anyway, I'm just always curious what people kind of, how do they choose Houston, right? And so. Um, maybe let's start there. You said your residency, so you or you came for part of your residency then? Yeah, so what I would say is, I mean, even if you go further back, I'm, I have a Canadian citizenship. citizenship. I lived in Canada for seven years. Okay. I was born in Brooklyn, New York, and, and was in New, New Jersey, Atlantic City, New Jersey for eight. I lived in Florida for six years, and I lived in Grenada for two years of medical school. So I've awesome. experienced all of the cultures and climates. Yeah. Um, so I initially came to Houston for fellowship and I'd never been to Texas except to interview for that fellowship. And then, um, after I was finishing in my last year, I was interviewing for jobs and I went all around the country, um, New York. I was looking in Vegas, Florida, maybe to be closer to family because I have my father's in Florida and my mom's in Las Vegas. And in the end, I was like, you know what? the i i'm gonna stay in houston i have a lot of friends here this is the place that i've made the most friends it's so easy to talk to people here um and it's just easy to live here there's two international airports which is my favorite thing i love to travel and i'm kind of centered like right in between the two portions of my family my mom being in vegas my dad my brother and sister being in florida so it's just really easy couple hour flight um and houston just has everything and it's not crazy expensive like New York, and it's not Vegas, similar cost of living in Vegas, but uh, a little more transient of a population, so you're not really meeting people that you're staying friends with, whereas here everyone's so nice and welcoming. Fantastic. So that kind of answers maybe the the Houston part. So why um, Highland Village? So um, I didn't know anything about Houston when I was moving here. So I pulled up Google Maps and I put in five things. So I put in the hospital where I was going to be doing fellowship. I put in Costco because it's my favorite place. And I know that if there's a Costco around, it's probably a decent neighborhood. Same with Trader Joe's. Same with Target. And then Orange Theory, the place I go to the gym. So I was like, I need to be within 10 minutes of all of these things. And exactly, Highland Village is right there. It's within 10 to 15 minutes. 
Plus, I didn't even realize that it's within five minutes of basically every major highway, and I feel like it's just super easy to get everywhere. I didn't realize that until I moved there, um, but I think I got lucky uh, just by doing that. Yeah. Picking like I kind of picked the upper Kirby Highland Village area and then found the apartment building I like. Oh, that's incredible! That I I love that. Um, I had I had done a video a while back just about for people moving, and I, I that's one of the things I said is they don't pin the things that are important to you, right? Start kind of getting a feel for whether they're a gym or a certain school, um, obviously at work, um, and so. But I've never heard kind of those specific things. Costco is 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 a great one because you're right. They're they're not going to put that in kind of you know bad areas. Um, so that's fantastic. Um, what are, since we're talking about the area, what what would you say the best entertainment options are in Highland Village? Well, Highland Village is a very small kind of area nestled in between Galleria and River Oaks. Yep. So it's not necessarily itself like, you know, I think it's considered River Oaks and Afton Oaks, depending on which side of the tracks you're on. Um, but both both nice areas. Entertainment-wise, I guess there's uh, a lot of restaurants in the area and there's shopping, a little high-end shopping. So that's what Highland Village is, essentially is like a high-end outdoor mall. Yeah. Um, restaurants and then in and around there I mean my personal favorite is a Friday night at Costco but you know everybody's different <laughs> absolutely um, yeah I think you are in this kind of great little area because you've got what Galleria to the to the west um, River Oaks to the north and then mm -hmm. um, if you're if you're not in the medical field right and you're in any type of business you've got Greenway Plaza right there so you've got a mm -hmm. ton of stuff going on um, well at least from a work perspective but River Oaks um, Highland Village, Galleria, they have tons of restaurants, entertainment, um, yeah, lots of things to do. What would you say your some of your favorite restaurants are in the area? Well, I feel like I don't want to tell people this because I don't want it to get busier, but um, Oishi is a sushi place that's very, very small. It's um, on the corner of uh, like Richmond and Timmins, I want to say, which is kind of that Greenway area, and the sushi quality is good, but the price is so good. Like, it's you get out of there rolling over full for like twenty five dollars, and you're eating pieces of sashimi. It is so good. So that, but you're gonna wait a while. It's like a one to two hour wait any day, and then um, so that's it. That's a great one. Um, I in my building, there's a place called Roca Accor. Um, which has a great happy hour. I don't go often because it's a little pricey. <laughs> um, but I am, I'm the kind of person though, I'm like trying to find restaurants all over Houston. I have several lists in my notes app on my phone yeah. of the areas, the places I want to go. It's Houston restaurant weeks right now. So I have like a list that says dinners, brunches, and I'm like who I'm going with. So there's just so many, it's hard to, choose but i probably oishi's where i've been to the most my favorite restaurants in houston aren't actually in my sure. area my top three are uh cultivare in the heights um nobis in montrose and then nancy's hustle in Edo. ah uh, nancy's hustle i went there for my uh birthday my wife took me there for my birthday a year ago i think it was um love Nancy's house so those are fantastic yeah my wife is a big mm -hmm. list person too um, and so she's got her must-try restaurants that we're always just you know 
picking off of and then heading out. So um, those are really good. I can't remember. I, Cultivari sounds familiar. I know we haven't been to Nobi, so we'll have to try that one. Oh, Nobis is, it's like in a little house off of a side street in Montrose, and it's just, it's one of those things where the um, food rotates seasonally, uh -huh. but they make pies, they have a baker there, Ooh. and they have three or four different pies, I'm a big dessert person too, um, every night, a different pie, I am not even like, I'm not someone who would crave pie, I'm a big cake person, but these pies are just the best. Incredible. And you have to order them before, like, before you order dinner, I'm like, what pies do you have? Like, what do you have left over? And I'm like, hold a piece for me. Oh, very good. Because they'll be out. They'll be out by the end. Oh, so that's a good tip right there. Yeah, because uh, unless you've got the, a good server, right, to kind of say, listen, you know, this stuff's going fast. If, you, if you're if you digging one of these, you better, better reserve a piece. Um, mm hmm Yeah, I think that's the big thing about Houston is, is you kind of hit on it. It's, it's central first of all just to kind of get around the country but then once you get here um, people are friendly right the the amount of restaurants the things to do are incredible um, and then I mean you hit on kind of the different um, what, what not, well, I'm, I'm blanking here so like genre, I want to say genres right but they're basically just types of food right so you've got, you've got yeah, your Japanese cuisines, yeah I was gonna say cuisines there's everything the only thing that we don't have that I miss is like red sauce italian like new york style right. italian food yep. and weirdly enough sometimes i just want a cuban sandwich and i can't find a good one here oh, okay well we'll have to we'll have to be on the hunt for a good cuban sandwich yeah um so i'm originally from chicago and one of the things i'm not a deep dish pizza fan so that's not where i'm going with that but they've got a they've got a italian beef sandwich um and mm -hmm. and i'm, I'm Again, I can't remember the name. I have to look it up. But there's a there's one place because I've talked to a, a few other Chicagoans, and there's a place kind of north loop, uh, north six ten loop, um, kind of Upper Heights area. I guess it's got a, a good Italian beef sandwich. Um, but no, I don't think I've come across a good Cuban sandwich. Um, when we went, you'll have to let me know about that place though, because I've been watching The Bear on Hulu, and I'm like, now I need an Italian beef sandwich. That's like what the show is about. Yeah. I, I will uh I'll get that to you because because everybody raves about it and we went we went years ago um and I just don't remember we, we live down in Missouri City now so we're we're kind of out of the loop uh, both literally and figuratively um where my she never thought so my wife works at the medical center um and uh so she, we were right there kind of five minute commute to work and so we always talked well, I'm never leaving the loop I'm never leaving the loop and then um, not only did we leave the 610 loop, we left the Beltway 8 loop, right? So she's like, you moved me out of all the loops. Um, so mm -hmm. I will have to find the Italian beef. Um, and then what else do I miss out here? Oh, um, you said you love to travel. The other thing, they've got really good Thai food a few places, but they don't have good northern Thai food. Um, and so there's a, there's a northern... A noodle dish, northern Thai noodle dish, um, that we we struggled to find, um, as well. And that was the thing was because most people will say you can absolutely find every type of food in Houston, right? That's like everybody says that. And then occasionally you come across a, a few things, but um, that that's the only thing. I mean, we're we're not uh, we're these are first world problems when you're complaining about kind of these very specific yeah. things, right? <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. How is your commute? So you picked obviously an area to live in that's kind of super close. So 
how is that commute, right? You just go right down the, you don't even take the 610, do you? Never, if I have to, if I could avoid that for the rest of my life, I would. Um, I actually just moved to this office in Bel Air about seven months ago. I was working in Clear Lake for three and a half years. Uh -huh. So this commute is like nothing. And I lived, I've lived in the same area for seven years. So I was still living in Highland Village. So I actually take Wesleyan to Bisnet and that's it. It's 10 minutes. It's amazing. I don't have to get on a highway. It's just, I miss all of that traffic. It, the longest it takes me to get home is 15 minutes in traffic. Yeah, that, that's so. great. And then if you had to commute to the medical center, what would that, what would that commute be like? Just hop on 59, two exits to Greenbrier. It's an easy one. Again, 15 minutes usually. The worst part of the med center is depending on the time of day, like early morning or afternoon, is the congestion just actually in the medical center, not getting to it. It's just like all of the people leaving or coming to work or um, parking and stuff like that. So that's usually what stops you up and adds that extra 10 minutes is you're at the hospital you need to be at. You just can't get into it. Right. Yeah. What other options, um, if you weren't working in Bel Air or the Med Center, do you have other good options? Um, you said you, you commuted up to Clear Lake, which wasn't probably the best option, but what other options did you have if somebody wanted to live in the Highland Village area, um, but maybe worked at different hospitals around Houston? So the beauty about Highland Village, well, once the 610 disaster gets fixed, mm -hmm. is that you can pretty much within five minutes beyond the 610, 59, even 45 within 10 minutes. So depending, you can be anywhere within a half hour. So I actually also operate in Katy. I operate at the Methodist in Katy. It takes me 22 minutes to get there on I-10, super easy. I think, you know, anywhere in the Heights, if you know, if you can hop on 610, which is easier said than done, um, anywhere off of I-10, because you can get on 610 to I-10, that you can bypass a lot of the traffic. And then anywhere in the Memorial area, I operated yesterday at a surgery center there, 12 minutes from where I live. Um, I mean, that's why I love that area is you can hop on a highway. And usually if you're heading out of the city in the morning, it's against traffic. So it's a reverse commute. So it's not as bad because most people are heading into the city from the suburbs. So if you're if you're living in the city or centralized where I live, you can get to Katy, you can get to like Clear Lake. I was there in 30 minutes every day, even though it's like 25 miles. It's just it was a reverse commute. Very nice. Yeah, that is a, it's a fantastic area. Um, do you get up to Memorial Park much? I don't. Not as much as I should, but. I try not to be outside between like June 1st and September 1st. <laughs> like I try and avoid the outside if I can. Yeah. Is that the combination of heat and mosquitoes or, or is one worse than the other? Uh, it's it's the heat I think is worse to me. I mean, mosquito is fine, but like it's just, it's a lot. It's unbearable sometimes. And that's the one negative about this place is that you know the june to september not great but there's so many other things to do and so many things that you can do in those in that time period and go on vacation whatever that i you just kind of forget about it when like october rolls around and the weather is beautiful right yeah and you said you slow down during the summer so you get some other you get some chances to kind of head out other places so that makes it nice 
Um, you talked about the airports. Um, do you tend to go up to um, Bush or IH mostly, or, or where do you normally try to commute out of? Uh, so the majority of the places I go are usually Southwest places or United places. So I'm 50-50, but if I can, and it's reasonably like not a big price difference, I'll go out of Bush and it's gonna sound really bougie, but um, I like the lounges and I love the Centurion Lounge. So I just, this is like my grown up thing for myself. I was like, okay, I have a business. I'm gonna get a business platinum card. I'm gonna make it worthwhile. So I get to the airport two hours early and I get my patient notes done. Like I bring all my work. I work in the Centurion Lounge. I have a nice lunch. Like I just like, I like the vibes of it. It's chill. And then I go right to my gate right before I uh, am leaving. Hobby is, fine it's easier it's smaller but it's easier to park and hobby yes, for sure, for sure. Yes. but if i can i want to do some sort of like midday or late night flight where i can go to bush and spend some time in the lounge i i love that you said that um so when my wife and i first met i was traveling all the time and so um i had all the lounge access and and when you travel all the time you you just want to make it easy and so I remember talking about that. Let's get there early. We'll go to the lounge. We'll have a drink, right? We can relax. And she's like, "Oh, you know, just same thing. You're you're too bougie, right?" And then, and she gets in the lounge, and it's like, "Wow, this is a lot more relaxing than than being out waiting for the gate, right?" Or, um, you know, you can get a, a, a snack or you can get a beverage, um, and it just makes travel just that much easier. So, yeah, I, I tend to fly out of Bush mostly, but we have been Southwest. And I guess that's kind of why I'm going there is is Southwest they've opened up a lot of routes and so you can get to a lot of really good places and Southwest prices are fantastic plus it's so much easier to park there um, especially now that they've got all the construction going on at Bush that's a that's a nightmare so um, we talked about kind of the commute and all that you've been there seven years um, what type of growth have you seen in your area there are definitely a lot more apartment, higher end luxury apartment buildings popping up um, in that area. There is a lot of infrastructure change, which is hopefully going to be good. It sucks right now because the construction in these highly populated areas, so off of Alabama and Wesleyan is super bummer. Like Alabama has not been open straight through for I don't know how long and it's a pain in the butt um, but yeah I think, I think I mean it's a pretty nice area and it has been because right around Lynn Park where all those nice houses are so I think it's pretty stable but usually it's it's more of that higher end kind of um, multi-living property yeah yeah they do have a lot of stuff going on um, new apartments both for rent and then I think they've got some condo stuff going in um, do you see a lot of kind of the older houses being torn down and new houses going up? Um, are you seeing much of that? There's a lot of, in that Lynn Park area, uh, teardowns advertised on, so obviously I'm a millennial and if you watch any sort of SNL or TV, you know that porn for millennials is Zillow and like horror, right? So like I will be at night just like scrolling through Zillow, just like looking at houses. And so there's a lot of houses that they're selling, it seems like as teardowns, like very small ranches. 
um, for not a small price. No, no. Um, and so they're knocking them down and and building giant houses on them. Yeah, I think the the average listing, right? So average is a little bit misleading, but the average listing price right now is like one point two million. Um, but those small little, I think I came across one. Um, it was like sixteen hundred feet, sixteen hundred square feet, and it was nine hundred thousand. And it was going to be, it was one of those things where, yeah, most likely that is going to get torn down and, and people are going to build up on it. So um, there are still a lot of opportunities to, to either buy a single family or, right, if you wanted the convenience of, of high rise, well, I guess not high rise, I'm thinking, I guess there is, right? I mean, kind of right off of 610, you've got some, some high rises there. Um, I live in a high rise. Oh, you do? How, long, how tall is your building? 41 okay. floors or something. Yeah. So... No, there's a lot of neat, not a neat places. A lot of options, you know, different price points. Um, if you wanted the single family, or if you wanted kind of uh, more of the amenities of the of the, of the larger buildings. Let's move on to to pros and cons. Um, we hit on a lot of them, but just to kind of maybe summarize them, what would you say are the the main pros of living in Highland? So pros. So pros. Yep. Um, it's just nice there's a lot of green space around um there's a lot of if you kind of go within the side streets and things there's uh a lot of beautiful houses beautiful scenery um there there's the shopping and the restaurants and there's stuff that's walkable which is very rare in houston because it's not a walkable city um so there's there's a little bit of that um and i just love i love the area just because the ease of commute and i mean like I said, Costco is walking distance. Can't really get better than that. But I have everything very, very, very close that I need. Um, Cons-wise, it's that that construction is like I said. It's just like I my I live right off of Alabama, and we couldn't even get out one of our exits for such a long time. And you know, Tiny Boxwoods is a restaurant that's really close, like walking distance from me. Adorable restaurant not the i mean i wouldn't say it's like amazing for food but the ambiance is just awesome and it, there's the uh there's a little gardening flower um, plant shop that it's attached to it's just a really nice place to have brunch or dinner and i for such a long time there's one two blocks of alabama that were closed off that if i had to drive to tiny boxwood which is like three blocks away from me i'd have to like drive up Wesleyan to Westheimer, back around, down, and then, I mean, I could walk there faster, you know? Right. So, the pros, I think we hit on, so just kind of the, you got lots of green space, it's it's nice, it's convenient, we, we hit on that one with regard to the amount of, of freeways that you have access to, right? Very, very easy to commute. You're, again, going against traffic in a lot of those cases. Um, the number of restaurants in the area, fantastic. You've got tons of shopping options. Do you get over to the Galleria much? Or is that just, um, is that too much traffic? <sighs> no, if I, I, if I have to, because I have to go somewhere that's only there, or I have to return something, I do it like at 10 a.m. when it opens on a weekday. Like I'll be like, I'm coming into work late because I gotta do this. I try and avoid that at all costs. It's so busy and it's just, I'm not a mall shopper. I'm more of a uh, online shopper, but there are a lot of good restaurants in the area. Yeah, 
Yeah. No, it, it, having the Galleria close um, is... You have tons of options. It just gives you tons of options, right? In kind of one, one simple area. Um, when we first got out here, we used to go to the Galleria a lot, but then you do kind of pick up on it. Just the, the traffic and the, and the hassle, usually sometimes it's worth it, but they've got some good restaurants as well. Um, what would you say the cons? Right now you're dealing with a lot of construction. We talked about the, the heat and humidity uh, during the summer months here. What would you say are some of the cons about living in Houston or in Highland Village specifically? So we already talked about the heat, the construction everywhere. It's not just in Highland Village, but it's everywhere. So um, as you know, like 610 South is basically closed at 59. That's a huge deal. Um, traffic is a bummer. Um, what else? I... I don't have much bad to say, honestly. I told you I've lived in so many different places yeah. and I chose to stay here. So I really have mostly good things to say. I think it's a great city. I think there's a lot of, I don't think it's like one like right wing or left wing or whatever. I don't think you're worried about that. There's a good amount of culture. There's a good amount of people who are willing to have discussions. Um, I mean, I can't think of any more than just a couple of things we talked about. Yeah, I wanted to ask you that one too. What would you say for people that haven't been to Houston, um, what do you think would be, they would find most surprising? So I would say in Texas in general, like I said, I hadn't been here otherwise. Um, most people who are at least from the east coast or from outside of the south tend to think of the south as being red and that's it um so i'm from i, I mean we don't have to talk about political views or whatever but i'm from the east coast so you can assume what you want um and i know a lot of people who just assume that they were going to come and people here were going to be like all religious you know not lgbtq friendly um, very, you know, very red. Yeah. And I think that that is completely wrong. I think that it's, I mean, as you know, I think the last like race for governor was, or not governor, mayor. was it governor? Was like four, mayor, was it 48 to 52? I don't know. It's very, very close. Yeah. Like there, every personality here, you know, you have Montrose, you have that I mean, there are crosswalks that are painted rainbow. There, are, you know what I mean. There are so many. Of course, you're going to find people who have beliefs on either side, far and right, far and left. But I think it's such a good mix of people, and I've had to convince people of that who've never been here. Um, like, it's going to be okay. You're going to find your people. Yeah. Like, some people think from LA. I had a friend move from LA, like, I'm not sure, you know, I'm from LA, it's completely different. I'm like, I, I swear, like, you're gonna find those people. Everyone's very friendly and it's it's much different than, you know, what you think of when you think of Texas and you're not from here. Right, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I get that a lot. Um, I love talking to people that have been different places because that's pretty consistently um, what I hear from people. And the thing about LA is so funny because I lived in LA for a long time too and, um, I had a couple of my friends come out and visit, and they flew into they flew into Javi, uh, uh, and there's that gas station right there, right? So we drive past the gas station, and they're like, "Oh my God, these gas prices are so much better." <laughs> so it's like, you know, 
That is, uh, and that's the high gas prices because it's right by the airport. Exactly. So, like, just wait. Go to Costco for okay, gas, you and you're paying you way it. less. You got it. That's right. So, yeah. So you you can get all the great restaurants. Again, you can find your tribe of people, and you're not paying those outrageous prices. And Bucky's. Bucky's is like a huge. So there's a few things that I learned when I came to Texas that I can't believe I live without. Bucky's and kolaches. I didn't know what either of those things were until I moved here. I was introduced to them very, very soon after I moved here. Now I have full Bucky's wardrobes. Like everything I have has a beaver symbol on it. I have to stop there if we're passing one. If I go visit a friend in Katie, I'm like, I'm stopping at the Bucky's. I wish there were more Bucky's. That's a con. Yeah. They're not enough Bucky's. That's funny, yeah. No, so for for people that don't know about Bucky's, it's basically a um, truck stop meet uh, Toys R Us meet Disney grocery store. Yeah, um, there's a, there's kind of a couple memes out there, right? It's like stop for a bathroom break and you know spend a hundred dollars uh, for for food and and toys for your kids, right? Yeah. Every yeah. time I I always say it's if Costco and Disney had a baby and it was like a rest stop. This is what it would be. Yeah. Cleanest bathrooms, a hundred different oh, types yes. of soda. Yes. Like. Yeah. Yeah, I can spend. I have to give myself a time limit. I have to put a timer on my watch. Like you only have thirty minutes, and when yeah. this goes off, you have to leave. You can get. Uh, it's like fifty-two versions of beef jerky. <laughs> you know, there's different places. So we uh, mm-hmm. we have an RV. So we've got young kids, and we pull an RV, and so we always stop at Bucky's for the gas, for the bathrooms. Um, but that's always a uh, test in every sort of my patience is trying to navigate um, Bucky's with a camper. Um, that's quite an adventure. I did want to ask you, since you've lived in so many places, because um, again, coming here from LA, that was my last stop before I got to Houston, um, people always would complain about the traffic. And you brought up the traffic as well too. And it is bad. But I mean, compared to where you've been, would you would you, would you still say it's bad or? I never drove in New York. I never had a car. I never drove. I took the subway. And that's the thing about New York is that public transportation is everything. Like if Houston had underground or something, like the light rail is great for rodeo season. You know, that's when I use it. But that underground subway system in New York is everything. I never had, I never used a bike, just the subway. So of course, I'm sure if I was commuting via car in New York, I'd be complaining more, but I never did. So of all of the places I lived, this definitely the most traffic here. Like Vegas does not have much traffic because people, I don't, I mean, unless you're on the strip, which I don't drive there. Like people don't realize there's more to Vegas than just that one road. Um, And I lived like outside of, you know that the strip um but yeah vegas where i lived in canada it was a bit of a smaller like 400 500 people so definitely not and then um florida is it's just bad drivers it's not that there's bad traffic it's just bad drivers but right florida i'm not a fan of florida so gotcha yeah that's interesting right um because again from a weather perspective um it's very very similar You've got the water. Um, I, I do miss the water. Being spending as much time as I did in LA, um, I miss the water. Um, that's the one thing about about Houston. I think 
and you already hit on it, right? I think you have to travel. If you're going to be in here in Houston and you want to see different scenery, you've got to, you're lucky enough to have a couple different airports. You've got to get on a plane and, and um, you know, get out of town when you can, for sure. Um, well, let's go into, let's go into talking about your practice. Um, I'd love to hear more about that. So, um, well, I would love to hear more about your practice and, and all the stuff that you've got going on here. Um, would you like to tell us a little bit about your practice? I would. So my practice is located right off of 610 in Bel Air. In Bel Air, it's called Trouvai Aesthetics and Plastic Surgery. That is a French word, which means a lucky find, which hopefully you feel like it is when you get here. Um, I specialize in breast and body plastic surgery. I do do some face procedures, but I really um, specialize in that area, men and women. Um, I have a unique practice in that I office share with a facial plastic surgeon who's a woman and a urogynecologist who's a woman. So it's kind of a one-stop shop. We have a lot of patients who see all of us. We're all separate, completely separate practices, have our own employees, but we share, you know, there's a lot of overlap in what we do. So although we don't do a lot of the same things, it's great because if someone mentions something, we can be like, oh, let me see if she's here. And uh, a lot of women, especially, you know, who are getting plastic surgery or gynecology prefer women. So we have that, which is nice. It's also a very laid back feel compared to your average, I'd say any doctor's office, but plastic surgeon's office in general. I think that when I walk in with, I don't know if you can tell because it matches my scrubs, but you know, when I walk in with my purple hair and like my Nike Air Force Ones that are orange and purple, and I say what's up, or I'm wearing like bright colors or sequins or whatever, and people people tend to call me by my first name because of how comfortable they are. You know, I think that I'm not who people expect. Um, it could be for good or for bad. Uh, I think that if it's for bad, then great. There's definitely someone out there for you. Um, but it's, I think that most people have this idea of plastic surgeons as people they're going to be afraid to talk to, the all knowers of everything. We have, we, people put us on this pedestal. We're very sensationalized, but I'm like, no, I'm a human being. I just happen to choose this as my job. I'm sure I couldn't do yours. And you know what I mean? So like, let's, let's sit and have a chat and tell me how you feel. Um, so it's a very laid back sort of deal. And I, I don't know. I think it's a different approach than what people are used to. Gotcha. So you kind of hit on it, but I always like to ask just kind of what would, what would make your your practice unique, or what makes you unique? Um, maybe more so than what you kind of said. Um, it's just always it's always curious to me, just because I haven't met many doctors, um, but you do get the quite a spectrum. Um, um, and I always just like to hear from people, you know, how do you want people to, to view you and what, what makes you unique? Sorry. So in general, I mean, there's a percentage of plastic surgeons that are women and somewhere in the 20% last time it was checked, it was 16, but it's definitely going up. So that's unique in general that oh. a female plastic surgeon, you know, around 20% of us are female. I am definitely um, a little more, um, talkative and vibrant that people are used to. I spend a ton of time with my patients. 
um, more than the average. I just want to talk to them and get to know them and see how they feel and see what they want because I think that that um, makes for a better relationship. I answer their texts when they text, it comes straight to me. I'm pretty available. And like I said, um, I, I have my employees that I've never worked for a doctor whose patients call them by their first name so much, like walk in and just feel so comfortable. They call me Ashley or they call me Dr. Ashley and it's fine. Like you can really call me whatever you want, whatever makes you comfortable. Um, I also am, I take a bit of a different approach. Like I am not a salesperson. I never have been. I will tell someone, I don't want to do that surgery on you. Like I am, I don't sell surgery. I sell what you want. Like I want you to come in and tell me what you want. And then if you say I want this and I think it's wrong, I'll be like, straight up, no. I have some 40 year old women who've had three babies show me a picture of an 18 year old. And I'm like, sweetie, she's 18. Her breasts have never been touched by childbirth or breastfeeding. Like you're never gonna look like that. And my a very blunt honesty, I think is a little bit, I don't sugarcoat anything. And again, some people might not like that. That's fine. There's someone out there for them. But, and, and you know, I'm not ever, like I drive a Hyundai, you know, I'm never, I'm never rolling up in a fancy car. I, I don't, I don't do fancy things. That's just not for me. I'm not in it to make a million dollars and have a giant house and have all the flashy things. I just want to sleep at night and do good work. And I know that if I'm doing stuff for people that they don't want, or I'm upselling them things that they don't actually need, they may not be happy no matter how good the result is. So for me, it's just like, I want to sleep at night knowing that you're sleeping at night and that you're happy and content with what we did together. Um, so I think that that may be a little bit different than what people are used to. That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I would have never guessed that only 20% of plastic surgeons are, are female. I, I would have never guessed that. That's, um, I, and maybe I'm just, my wife being um, an OBGYN, the majority of that practice is, is female and so I just sort of mm -hmm. see it as, yeah, I mean, I guess I just sort of lump all that together. That would be more, um, especially in plastic surgery, I was just would guess that would be more closer to 50-50. But um, how did you, did you always know you wanted to be a doctor and then, or did you always know you wanted to be a plastic surgeon? Like how, how did that progression go um, on your path to where you are now? So I'll be honest. When I was younger, I don't know, early 2000s, I was like 16, uh, I watched a show called Nip Tuck, wow. and I was like, man, that's really cool. I wonder if it's really like that. So I know that like that's so embarrassing to uh, admit, but um, I also, I had the opportunity um, to shadow a plastic surgeon in Canada. Let me come and see, do some procedures. He actually showed me how to suture. And I was 16, 17 at the time. And I think that immediate gratification, you get immediate gratification as a plastic surgeon. The patient does it because they have to go through the healing. But I can see what I did and what it's gonna turn into after the three months of healing. So it's such immediate gratification to do the surgery and like see the change that you made that I was like, okay, I wanna do this. And so 16, 17 years old, I actually wrote a letter to the first person who ever gave me a job when I uh, left that job and I think I was going, I was finishing up college and I was like, listen, I'm gonna be a plastic surgeon one day. I was 18 when I wrote a letter. I was like, keep this letter. I promise you, like, 
I'm going to give you something for free. I don't know what I was thinking when I was, you know, that was half my yeah, life ago. Yeah. But uh, she she messaged me when I graduated on Facebook. It was like, hey, I still have that letter from when you were 18. And I was like, oh, yeah, well, <laughs> great. Um, I don't know if it was notarized, so I don't know if it counts. But um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I'm one of those odd people that knew when I was 16 years old that that's what I wanted to do. And it, I'll tell you, it didn't come easy. It wasn't an easy path for me. I, um, and it, I, I went to a Caribbean med school. I did general surgery first. And then, so I'm board certified in both general and plastic surgery, which is eight years of residency. There's an integrated, which is six years. It's just a little bit of a roundabout way of doing it. Um, but it's something I always knew I wanted to do and hope that if I worked hard and did the right things and did good things for people, I'd get here. And being on this side of it, I don't think I would have done it any other way. That's incredible. What would you want patients to know, or, or maybe what would be helpful for patients when they're who are coming in for an initial consult? Um, should they be bringing in pictures? Should they be um, should they be very introspective about what they're what they're thinking about, or what would be helpful, or what advice would you give patients before they came in for a consult? So. I think just be open and, and don't be afraid to ask questions because the worst thing I can say is no, like that's not a good idea or just, just be really open to discussion because I want you to say what you feel. You can show me pictures, but I'm going to be honest with you. So just don't be afraid for me to say no. It's gonna, it's probably going to happen. And you may hear something different than what you expect because a lot of people come in with preconceived notions of, well, my friend has 400 cc's and I like how her breasts look, so that's what I want. But you have a completely different body. You had a completely different life. And luckily, I've been in practice for over four years. I have a bunch of pictures. There's probably a patient in there that looks some, similar to you so you can get a better idea of what it's going to look like. Just really, really be open and don't come in with absolutes um, because I'm open to suggestion and I don't give people this is what you have to have and this is it I give people a lot of options um, and then uh, the thing I've seen recently also is uh, the bargain chopper coming coming around to plastic surgery and I would say um, you get what you pay for and I've had people come in and say can you match this and like we're having a session this is not a car dealership like I provide you get me for the rest of your life. Like you have access to me forever. It's part of what you're paying for, but you're also paying for a guarantee of good work. So people need to realize that this is not a price competition. This is your life. This is your body. You want the best person. And that, that brings me to another thing, a gut feeling, that gut feeling that that's going to be the best person for you, not because their price is the best, not because you like their pictures the best, but you feel when you walked in there, I am going to be able to come to this person if I have a question. I think they do a good job and in my gut this is the person for me because if I have to, I may have to interact with them for years to come. So I really think that gut feeling in this case is, is really, really important. You know, I had more questions but I, I want to end on that because I, I think that's, I think that's so important. Um, I really do. Any, how will they get in touch with you? Oh. Uh, well, my Instagram is Ashley Steinberg MD, so just my full name and then MD afterwards. Um, can message through there. Our phone number, which you can call or text, is 832-519-0099. My amazing coordinator area is who we talk to uh, when you're first setting up a consultation. And my amazing medical assistant, Carla, is here to answer medical questions. 
Um, and my website is drsteinberg.com, drsteinberg.com, and there is a query box there that you can also reach out via. Really good. I, I can't imagine. Um, there's so many things going through my head. I, I, I can't imagine going through the process of, of having plastic surgery, um, but I can imagine all of the things that you probably go through with people that are you know, troubled in some way, um, and meaning just they're, they're concerned about something, right, how they look. Um, actually, I do have another question. Um, I, I see a lot of things going on with med spas. I think there's a lot of people maybe starting up their own, um, yeah, starting their own little, little side businesses or whatever it is. Um, and then another thing is med spas. Um, can you talk about maybe med spas and maybe the difference with, with what you do? So um, recently I've been targeted in a bunch of ads on Facebook and Instagram, which are these very pretty girls saying, did you know that you don't even have to have a degree to inject in Texas? Is that, I don't know if that's exciting to people because to me that's really scary. Um, and it's true and hopefully not for long. Basically right now, the way it is, is if you're a human being, if you can find a doctor who's willing to sign off and be your medical director, which some people will do for the money, you can inject people's faces. And I would recommend you Google the blood vessels of the face to see, or the muscles of the face to see what actually is happening. So there are a lot of people out there doing a lot of things that can be very, very dangerous. And nine out of 10 times it's fine, but that one time it can be devastating. And I think that you really have to research who is doing your injections. I think that if you're going to a dermatology office or a plastic surgery office, you're likely in the best hands. Um, there are some great injectors, nurse, nurse practitioners, PAs who've been doing it for many years. I would say that if the director of the spa or director of the practice is a plastic surgeon or a dermatologist, you're likely in the best hands. Now, I've seen a lot of medical spas who, when I look up their medical directors, their ER doctors, their medical medicine doctors, cosmetic surgeon, which is not a plastic surgeon, that's a board that is not recognized by the ACGME. Um, it's completely different than plastic surgery. It's a one-year thing where I did three and five. So these are things that people really need to look out for when they're looking at that stuff. Good. Let's, let's try to summarize that a little bit more. Um, what would you say are some things when a person's trying to choose the right uh, surgeon for them? What are some of the things, or what are the top three things that they really need to be looking at before they before they choose a surgeon? Before they choose a surgeon, you can Google, is my surgeon board certified? Um, that's a great thing to start with. Um, some people are board eligible. It does take us two years to be eligible for boards. So if you're board eligible, it's still okay. Um, is my surgeon board certified? Are they a plastic surgeon? Do they train in plastic and reconstructive surgery? Like I said, a lot of people are cosmetic surgeons, which means they could have done a gynecology residency and done a one-year cosmetic. They could have been a dermatologist and done a one-year cosmetic. They don't know every part that they need to to actually practice this, and they're just kind of doing it, and these are the most complications that we see. Um, and then, you know, do they, do they fit my lifestyle? Do they do the work of what, you know, my goal is? Because some people, they want to look a certain way and, you know, this doctor may not do certain types of aesthetics. So you have to make sure it fits your aesthetic. Very good. Well, thank you so much. Um, 
really appreciate your time. Really, really fascinating talking to you. Um, I love doing this because I, I learn so much um, every time I do talking to, talking to different physicians. Um, so really interesting. Thank you for joining us on the Prescription for Living in Houston podcast. We've had a wonderful time discussing what it's like to work, eat, sleep, and play right here in the heart of Texas. If you're considering a move to Houston or within Houston, we're here to guide and assist you. Don't hesitate to reach out with a call or an email at dan at dhsrealtygroup.com. And remember, the charm of Houston lies in its diverse neighborhoods. So make sure to tune in next week where we'll be exploring another vibrant neighborhood in Houston, offering insights into its unique lifestyle and opportunities. Until then, stay safe and keep envisioning your perfect Houston living experience. Goodbye for now, and we'll catch you in our next episode.